Well, good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome all those that are watching online with us. There are people literally that are watching from around the world that joined us. If you're a first-time guest this morning, we're so glad that you're here. Church, let's welcome all those that are first-time guests and those that are watching online. So first thing I want to do today is I want to go ahead and give a report. And um, this is a big deal because I know a lot of you have been asking about this. And so um, I want to give you a report on last week's pigeon activity. Okay. So uh, last week we had a pigeon. I thought it was the Holy Spirit, but I got a close up on it. Somebody posted this pigeon flying. It went a little viral over the week. Um, Tuesday, the pigeon ended up in the front lobby. And so our facilities team were coming with, with a small safety net, but the pigeon got scared of the net, ran into the wall. I, I know there's a lot of pigeon lovers here. There's a, there's a great ending to this story. So it did go unconscious for just a moment. They gently, gently, church, it was as gentle as you possibly could be with this little bird. They picked him up gently and they sat him down right out in the front. The pigeon shook its head, regained consciousness and flew to be with his family again. So that pigeon is just fine. So I know, I know a lot of you guys get worried about stuff like that. And so I just wanted to put everybody at ease so you could receive the message today. It's an important message. Group Sunday, once again, is today. It's the final week to sign up. So I wanna let you know of a couple groups that you may not be aware of. For the first time ever, we have a snowbird group. How many snowbirds are in here? Not literally, I know you, we just talked about the pigeons, but you come down during the winter. First service, there's a lot of you. But I wanna encourage you, if you're a snowbird, it's just a seasonal group. We'd love to have you. Also, we're having what we call freedom groups. And what we're asking, and the entire staff is going through this freedom program right now, it's 10 weeks where it's dedicated to really some important issues. I'd love to see the entire church go through this. There's only 80 spots available, and a lot of people first service signed up for this. But the purpose of this group is for you to be introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit, to have a deep understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit, how to learn how to speak to him, to hear from him on a daily basis, to live with him in your day-to-day life and understand the power of the Holy Spirit and all that the Holy Spirit offers. Does that sound like a pretty good idea to you? First service was very excited about it. Come on, second service, y'all are awake. Also, so excited. Our South Tampa is getting ready to launch in just a couple of months. Let me tell you what a process this has been. Any possible attacks that could happen have attacked that campus. But guess what? God's in it and it's gonna happen. It's happening according to his timing. We had permitting issues, supply chain issues, contractor issues, 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 issues. But right now we're getting to relaunch this Tuesday, the reconstruction that's gonna be done so that we'll be able to open this campus right around Easter time. So we're very, very excited about that. We wanna let you know that we are having a launch team meeting, the first one tomorrow night. Pastor Andrew, myself, Pastor Dan and Andrea, we're all gonna be there to answer any questions. We haven't pioneered a new work as a church since 1981. 
This is our first multi-campus site. First of what I believe are many multi-campus sites as we begin to take over the Tampa Bay area for the glory of God. How about that? So if you're interested, just so you know, it's right over the Gandhi Bridge. So if you live in St. Pete or Largo or Pinellas Park, it's at one half hours, 30 minutes exactly from this location. So it's not that far away. If you have a heart, a pioneering spirit, and you wanna be a part of the ground floor, Pastor Dan and his wonderful wife, Andrea, would you stand up? We're so glad that they are our campus pastors there. If you have any questions, they're gonna be in the North Lobby, but we would love for you to be a part of what God's getting ready to do in South Tampa. How many of you brought your Bibles today? Hold up your Bible, hold up your device, wherever you're looking at the word. Father, we thank you for your word. It's your word that brings life to our hearts. It's your word that spotlights the path that we should go. So open our hearts to hear and to receive what you desire to do in us and through us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanna encourage you to take out your notes. There's a little bit of activities we're gonna do in the notes today. But this is week three of a series we've called New Thing. And what we're doing is we're looking at some of the small things that we can alter in our life to get big results. You see, so often we look and we begin a year and we think, okay, we're gonna do this big thing. We have all these resolutions. And after three weeks, just like the gym that's emptying out right now, so many people, well, you know what? It's just too much, I can't do it. What we're looking at are some small elements in our life that if we begin to make those small changes, it will bring big changes in our behavior and the way that we live. So I believe that today, if you apply the principles that we talk about this morning, it will absolutely change your relationships. It'll change the way that you are with your wife or your husband or your kids or your friends. It's such a crucial thing. It's so important. And in your notes, this has been the main thought of each week, and we're on week three right now. And it says, it's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. So week one, we talked about having that one word that we would have. Last week, we talked about the importance of our thinking, the way that our thoughts are, to understand that we have the authority given to us by God to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. I certainly pray that when those thoughts hit you, and they will, that you know that you have the authority given to you by the Holy Spirit to take authority over those thoughts, to cast them down and begin to replace those thoughts with godly thoughts, godly thoughts from the word of God. You see, it's our thoughts that then turn into our words, which we're gonna talk about today, which our words then turn into our habits and the way that we act and the way that we behave. And our habits dictate the destiny that God has for each and every one of us. So if you're walking a direction that you've been going for a long time and you don't like it, I wanna encourage you, you've got to make a change to see a different result. You want your behavior to change. You want your destiny. And I believe that every person in this room, every person that's watching online has a God-given destiny that's just for you. But it's up to us to embrace what God wants to do in us and through us and begin to live the way that he's called us to live. You see, the words that we say are so important. The words that we say is going to change the atmosphere that we live in. God, when he created the world, he did it with the spoken word. He spoke the world into existence. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. 
You know, every one of us have the most incredible but dangerous tool known to man. I want you to know, it's not your motorcycle that's the most dangerous thing that you have. It's not your shotgun that you carry that you take off when you go on vacation up in the mountains and shoot. It's not a baseball bat that you could do a lot of damage with. The thing that we all have that can do great damage is right here in our mouth. You see, the power of life and death, they come right here in our tongue in the way that we speak. So every one of us are going to either speak with life-giving words or life-taking words. So it starts with our mind, but then it goes into our hearts and then it comes out of our mouth. So as we did the thought audit last week, if we begin to change our thinking, we need to look at what are we saying? What's coming out of our mouth? Are we speaking life over the people that are most important around us? You see, if you wanna change your life, you have to change your words and your words will begin to change your atmosphere. James chapter three, starting in verse three. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but, don't you just love the buts in the Bible, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. You show me a marriage that's struggling, and I'll show you a marriage that most likely is struggling and using a lot of life-taking words from one another. You show me a good marriage, I can almost promise you that I could show you a marriage where the husband and wife are sharing life-giving words. You have the authority to take and to give with the power of your words. First service, we have the mother of our church, Marilyn NTC. How many of you know Marilyn? Wonderful, wonderful lady. Well, she was married for 64 years. Her husband passed away a few years, years ago. And let me tell you about Marilyn and Babe. They were examples to everyone in our church. Over the years, everyone looked up to them because they had a spark. As old as they had gotten, they still had a spark. They had a fire that was in their bones for each other. And when they looked at each other, after 64 years, it was like this. And I asked Marilyn through the years, what is the secret to your marriage? And there were a lot of secrets. She shared a lot of secrets. I, I would tell you, but they're secrets. But I'm gonna tell you today, one that she said was absolutely crucial to the success of their marriage. They spoke words that brought life to each other. They spoke words of kindness, words of love, sometimes words of passion. They had a mailbox that was on their kitchen counter. This mailbox was not for the United States Postal Service. It wasn't for UPS to come into their house and put a package in. What it was, this was for a daily love note that they would write to each other. So when the flag was up, the other spouse knew, woohoo, all right, it's a good day. Open that up and a love note would say the words that they meant, how much they loved each other, how much they cared, how much their love grew. You see, a marriage and a love is not gonna grow 
just happenstance. It takes intentional work and effort and words of life that will build a relationship that will last a lifetime. What kind of words are you speaking over the people in your life? Over your spouse, over your children, over your coworkers, over your neighbors, over that crazy aunt that only comes to take leftovers from Thanksgiving meals. What are you speaking over the atmosphere of the people that are around you? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You have no idea there are people in this broken world that are wounded that God assigned you to speak words of life over them that will bring healing to the brokenness and their hearts. And God's assigned you to be the one to do that. It's beautiful. Proverbs chapter 15, verse four. It says, a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. In the power of our words, we can lift someone up or we can absolutely bring destruction and devastation to their heart and break their very spirit. And it's also some of the things we say. I want to encourage you, before you say something, think it. Think it. What did you do to your hair? No, it's better for you to think that and not say that. Wow, you are how old and still not married? Don't say that. Think it and then change it. We have the ability to think about what we're gonna say and if it doesn't bring life, zip it, amen? So thank you three people, appreciate that. It could be as simple as someone saying, I'm proud of you. Of anyone on this planet, I'm thankful that God gave me you. Think about that. That's life. When Elaine says those things to me, I'm like, ooh. Now that's what I'm talking about. I'm honored to be your dad. I'm blessed to be your father. You're such a good girl. You're a good boy. I want you to know your kids as they age, my kids are now 32, 30, 24. They're gonna remember the words that you spoke over them in their childhood. They're gonna remember the words of devastation and hurt and negativity, or they're gonna remember the life that you brought to them right in the right time, right in the right moment that God used you to speak life into them. When I was a little league coach, I coached my son through little league. I was always an assistant coach. And my job wasn't to teach the kids how to hit. It wasn't my job to teach the kids how to feel the grounder. It wasn't my job to have them run laps. My job, the other coach would say, your job is to encourage the kids when they strike out. Now, some of these kids were very emotional when they strike out. I mean, when they were eight years old, you could just see it. I'm like, whoa, these kids had lost. I mean, they're swinging the bat on the ground, pounding. They're going, take their, they throw their hat. They're crying in the corner of the dugout. And I sit down and I'm like, what's wrong with you? out. We all strike out. And then I go into, but guess what? The next time you get up, you're gonna hit it 
and you're going to kill it and you're going to smoke that ball because I believe in you. You need to begin to believe in yourself. And you see this devastated kids that just struck out begin to like, really, you think I can kill it? You think I could really hit that picture? You think, you think, absolutely, absolutely. And those words of life begin to be words of coaching, which begin to encourage them to have confidence that they can. We live in a world that's constantly telling us that we can't. God's word says we can. We're able, we're able, and he's able to do the most incredible things in us and through us. What kind of friend are you to other people? I love my friends, but let me tell you, a great friend, one of my best friends on this planet is Pastor Tim O'Fallon. Pastor Tim is preaching this week in South Tampa so that Pastor, Pastor Dan can be here. I love so many things about Pastor Tim. Isn't he like the nicest guy on the planet? Well, let me just tell you, when you see him up here and he's doing that hold your hand out so you can receive and he's encouraging you and he's saying these things, how much he loves you. He means it and it's real and it's coming from his heart. How many were here for the Genesis Bible study? The man can teach the word of God and he does it with humility and care and great knowledge and wisdom. But let me tell you, and many of you don't know, I did Pastor Tim's wedding in Thalia's 20 years ago. So we've been really close friends for many, many years. And I look back at some of the pictures and I think, wow, I'm a lot taller than Pastor Tim. And it looked like Lord of the Rings with, I was like, man, I look like one of these giants, you know, praying over them. I remember the photographer would get these angles where they would try to make me look smaller and make them look bigger. But Pastor Tim is a true friend. And you know what he has a habit of doing every single week, at least two times? He sends me a text. And all that that text is, is to show his appreciation and give encouragement to my heart. It's all it's for. This morning, first text I got, 7.30 this morning. Your message today is going to be great because you are a great pastor. Pastor Tim. Let me tell you, that encouraged my heart. Last week, Sunday, right after church, great message today, my brother. Your delivery is always spot on. I am proud that you are my pastor. Really? I thought I kind of stunk it up today. No, oh, oh no. Two weeks before that, he goes, what a gift it is to hear your messages. Your messages always speak to me. Now that's one, two, three texts of probably a thousand texts that are in my phone from what I call a true friend. A true friend that loves, a true friend that encourages, and a true friend that speaks life over me. That's the kind of friend that I want to be. That's the kind of friend that I want to be. So this morning, we're going to do a Word audit. Last week we did a thought audit, and I know many of us failed that audit, but we're working on it. So today we're going to be doing a word audit. You can see it in your notes. I have no idea, but they made it microscopic this week in your notes. Maybe it's um, so you can have a magnifying glass or learn some science today as well, but it's small. But I want you to look at your life and look at the words that you speak and take an audit. 
Do you give life-taking words or do you give life-giving words? Maybe your words are, you're pathetic. The house is never clean. I wish you could cook better. You're no good. You're such a bad friend. Why don't you ever call me? Why don't you invite me here? Why don't you do this? And it's negative. Or are you the type of person that says, I'm proud of you. What a great meal. You're a good friend. I appreciate you. You know what? You're, you're a great employee. You work hard and you do good work. You're a great coworker. I'm so glad that God put you in my life. Look at the, the difference between those two and give yourselves a grade of one to 10. The second area is how do you talk to yourself? What do you think about yourself? I know our thoughts, we can oftentimes think negative thoughts, but oftentimes we can speak negative things that will affect who we are and how we feel about ourselves. So do you say to yourself, I'm gonna fail? No matter how hard I try, I never am gonna get ahead. I'm always gonna be broke. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm a mistake. I never get the breaks. Or do you wake up every day and you say, this is gonna be a great day. God is with me. And if God's for me, who can be against me? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What are you speaking about yourself? This morning, I'm gonna give you two principles of life-giving words. So if you took that thought audit and you didn't get a 10 on both of those, this message is for you today then. And I've got the right crowd to listen to this message. So life-giving words, two principles. Number one, if you can't say something helpful, skip it. You know, every one of our mothers said, if you can't say anything good at all, then don't say anything at all. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, everyone say only, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You begin to apply this principle to your life, your life would begin to change. And not only would your life change, but the lives of the people that you're in contact and your relationships will begin to change. When you think something bad and you stop saying it, it's going to affect your marriage in a great way. I meet with a lot of couples and words that have been spoken have devastated their marriage and that's all they can think about are the hurtful, painful things that their spouse said. Friends have been rejected and hurt and wounded and they carry these wounds because of words that have been spoken over them by the people around them. You wanna change your life, change your words. So if you can't say something helpful, let's say it together. Skip it. Number two, I'm gonna spend a little bit of time on this one. If you think of something good, say it. Sometimes you're like, oh, your wife or your husband or your friend will say, you never say anything nice to me. Well, I'm thinking it. Well, guess what? I'm not a mind reader. You need to say it. Proverbs 16, 24. It says, gracious words are honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. See, we're not talking about our thoughts now, 
but our thoughts will turn into our words. And we begin to have life-giving thoughts, then that turns into life-giving words. And that begins to change the way that we speak to those around us. A lot of the reason I am the way I am today and who I am today are because of the parents that raised me in a godly home that spoke words of life over me. I'll never forget a conversation I had with my mother. I was 17 years old. I had just graduated high school. I was getting ready to move to Louisiana on a music scholarship, and she took me to Red Lobster. Oh, those cheddar biscuits. Aren't those good? I'm sorry, but anyway, they took me, she took me to Red Lobster, and we had a nice meal. We're talking, talking about moving, talking about the future, and she stopped at the end of our conversation, and she says, Glenn, I've never told you this before, but I wanna ask you a question. Do you feel called to ministry at all? In any form, do you feel called to ministry? And I said, mom, absolutely not. I'm scared to talk in front of anyone. I don't even wanna teach kids at this point. And she said, well, take a deep breath, and I want you to receive what I'm gonna say over you right now. When you were in the womb and I was carrying you, several people prophesied over, me, over you in the womb that said that this child will be a world-changing child for the glory of God. This child will be used by God to lead people, to care for people, and draw people into the kingdom. And then when I was a toddler, there were people that gathered around me and prayed for my legs and, and was prophesied, these legs are gonna need to be strong because they are going to impact the world for Jesus Christ. And I looked at her, I'm like, why did you waste 17 years to tell me that? She said, all I ask is that you listen to the Holy Spirit, that you begin to really pray. Don't just look at what's ahead and what's easy and what your friends are doing and what the world tells you to do. I want you to listen to what God wants you to do. And then she goes on to say, I want you to know, I believe in you. I believe God's got a call in your life. I believe that it's big. And I believe that if you listen to God, he will take you step by step the direction that we have. And it was that moment that I opened my heart for the first time to ministry. And it came from my mother speaking words of life over me words of belief, words of confidence and care. Everything changed at that moment. And I began to have a different perspective of listening to what the Holy Spirit would say to me. 12 years ago, my dad took me out to dinner. I'll never forget, it was actually a lunch. He was the director of Helping Hands, which used to be up on the, whatever, uh, 590 and near Waffle House there. And he took me to this Greek restaurant, I think it's Aristotle or something. It's, it's just really cheap, junky little place. Um, I got the cheapness from my dad. So we went in, it was like everything's $3.99 or below. And he says, Glenn, you order anything you want. I'm like, well, dad, the highest thing on this menu is $3.99. He goes, you, you know what? And you can order that if you want. <laughs> but my dad was a well driller. My dad was a Southern man. For those that understand the Southern culture of the 60s, the Southern man 
was strong, did not say mushy words, would rarely say, I love you. When I said goodbye to him, I would shake his hand because he traveled. He was a well driller. Dad, gonna miss you. We shook hands. But let me tell you, God got a hold of my dad probably 30 years ago, 35 years ago, and God radically changed him from this Southern hard exterior man. For those that know him, He's the softest, loving, I love you, I love the heck out of you, hugging kind of guy that you'll ever meet. Why? Because God changed him from the inside out. It's beautiful. So in this lunch, we're talking, we're just talking sports, we're talking about the Gators or whatever. And then at some point, the, the conversation stopped. And you know when it gets emotional, do you ever have this where your, your chin starts twig, twitching? I mean, his chin is like... I mean, it's dancing all over the place. And I see him tearing up and I'm thinking, oh, I have never seen what's going on. And he looked at me and could barely get the words out of his mouth as he said, Glenn, I want you to know. In fact, he didn't call me, he called me Pastor Glenn. He goes, Pastor Glenn, I want you to know how proud I am of you. And then he proceeded to say, of anyone in this world, you are my hero. Let me tell you, those words were words of healing to a little boy that didn't understand the hard exterior of a father. It all melted away in just a moment of kind words, loving words, words from the heart to hear your father say, you're my hero was overwhelming and it brought healing, and it brought so much comfort to me that I have been able to reproduce in my home, in my family. And I say that story to you, do It's an incredibly personal story, but I say it to you because the words you speak over your children, they matter. Well, Pastor Glenn, I screwed it up. I said all this. In a moment of kindness and sincerity, a loving word will heal a thousand hurtful words in a moment. So take the time to say it. If you think of something good, say it. If you think of something good and you're not with someone, text it. Give that person a call. I think, did I hear Marilyn Moore in this service? Marilyn Moore. So where are you at, Marilyn? Stand up. I know I'm singling people out today. This, she's been in our church for like 40 years, this woman. She's the one that when everybody's quiet, she'll say, amen, pastor. And then I'm like, all right. Nobody else said amen, but Marilyn did. Marilyn will call me at least twice, three times a month. And I save. I have on my voicemail, I wait till the mailbox is full and I'll look. And it's like, Marilyn Moore, Marilyn Moore, Marilyn Moore, Marilyn Moore, Marilyn Moore. And she'll just call. She'll call after a worship Wednesday. Pastor Glenn, whoo, Jesus is moving through you and the church. Let me tell you, it gets me fired up. It gets me encouraged. You have the ability with your tongue to bring life to the people around you. But you have to say it. You have to mean it. You have to believe it. So if you think it, and it's good, say it. Can you say amen? So when you're discouraged, there's, sometimes we're discouraged and we have nobody around us. What do we do? 
Self-talk is a big thing. A lot of people, they stay discouraged because all they do is, oh, I'm no good. Oh, I stink. Listen, the Bible's clear. In Samuel chapter 30, verse six, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. So when you speak words over yourself, speak words of life over yourself, over your family, over your kids. I believe that God, you wanna bless my marriage and I stand in that today. I believe you wanna bless my family. I believe it and I'm standing in that today. I believe you wanna bless my friendships today. God, I stand on that, I believe it and I'm gonna walk it out. What we say matters. Jesus, he said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, do you know how small a mustard seed is? It's tiny. If you have tiny faith, Jesus says you can speak to that mountain in your life have faith and it will be removed in Jesus' name. There are a lot of mountains we let rule our lives. Mountains of fear, anxiety, doubt, rejection. It's time to stop allowing those to crowd over us and overwhelm us and begin to look at those mountains. Fear, I bind you in Jesus' name. I have authority over you. Mountain, be removed in Jesus' name. Speak it out and believe it. In Ezekiel, he went to the valley of dry bones and saw the dry bones everywhere. What did he do? He spoke and prophesied over those dry bones. A lot of us have dry bones all around us. A lot of death, a lot of hurt, a lot of depression. It's time for us to speak to those dry bones and say, come alive in Jesus' name. The power of life and death are right here in our mouth. Here's an exercise as I close today that I want you to do. After everything you say, add the words, that's the way I want it. So if you're a negative person and you're, you're saying negative words, you're pathetic. We're failing, we're never gonna make it in life. And that's the way I want it. You know what? I'm always gonna struggle. I'm such a failure. I disappointed everyone. I'm such a disappointment. And that's the way I want it. How about this? This is the year we're gonna get out of debt. This is the year we're gonna live with financial margin in our lives. And finally, this year, we're gonna see financial freedom in our home. And that's the way I want it. Hey, we may be struggling in our marriage, but guess what? We're gonna get closer to God. We're gonna speak words of life into each other and we're gonna go deeper in love than we've ever been in our entire marriage. And that's the way I want it. You see, your words matter. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. And that's what dictates your destiny and your future. So week one, we talked about having that one word. Week two, we talked about having that one thought that you would write down. This week, what is the one statement that you wanna speak over your life, over your circumstance, over your friendships, over your marriage, over your children, over your homes, over your future? One statement, write that. And pray over that statement every single day this year. Because you see, the small changes in your thoughts will make the big difference in your words, which will change your habits 
And we're gonna see destinies change as we begin to make these changes together, all of us, as we begin to step up and allow God to say, you're not who you are now because I'm gonna make a difference in your thoughts and in your words because what's ahead is so great as you begin to focus and have intentionality on what you think and what you say and how you live your life. Because I believe, Countryside, as a church, as a people, we're just getting started. First service is like 200 more people than this service. Things are happening in South Tampa. Things are happening in your life. If we come together and we got our minds right, and we got our words right, and we get, begin to live the way God's called us to live, there's nothing gonna hold this church back from a nuclear explosion of Jesus Christ in the Tampa Bay area. I don't know about you. I wanna be a part of it. I wanna be a part of it, and I want you to be a part of it. So get ready. Get ready because God is up to something great in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word today. Mold us, shape us into your image, I pray. We don't want to stay the same. We want to grow. We want to be more like you. So show us the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we act. I pray that we would always glorify you in these areas. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment before we dismiss. Maybe you're here today and you're hearing this message about living like Jesus, being close to Jesus. You see, Jesus came for us individually because he loves us and he's got a plan for our lives. He gave his life so that we might have life. He gave his life for the remission of our sins so that we might be forgiven and have salvation and eternal life. But you see, the gift of salvation has to be received. You see, it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's a gift of God, lest any man boast. You see, the gift of salvation, it's free. It's for you, but you have to receive it by saying yes to God today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before we dismiss today, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, I want that gift. I wanna know God personally. I wanna receive that gift of salvation. I'm tired of walking outside of the perfect will of God. Today's my day to fully commit my life to Jesus. No one looking around. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I'm gonna pray for you because I believe that today is your day. When I count to three, will you raise your hand and respond to this invitation? One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Raise it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. God sees your heart. He sees your life. Yes. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raise their hand today? Just pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and truly my best friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all stand together? Can we give the Lord a great praise offering for his goodness? He's so good to us. I'd like to invite the prayer team to come up to the front. If you ever need prayer 
for anything. There's power in agreement. There's power in prayer. Um, I want to pray for you before we go. Pastor Tim's preaching in South Tampa, so we don't get his prayer. You're going to be stuck with me today as we pray ourselves out of these doors. Can we, how many want more of Jesus in this place today in every area of your life? Father, we want more of you, less of us. As we walk out these doors, we're walking into our mission field. I pray, God, that we truly would be the light to a dark world, that we would bring healing and hope to a broken place and people around us. Father, use each and every one of us to bring glory to your name. I pray blessing upon individuals. I pray blessing on families and marriages. I pray you bless our children, bless our homes. Pray that you would always be glorified in our midst. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Bless your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. God bless you, church.